What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another episode of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, G.B. Gerard Bonner. I hope you guys are well. I say this virtually every day, but I mean it. I want you guys to be well during this period of pandemic here in the States and around the world. I hope you guys are doing whatever is necessary to self-quarantine and keep your space just free of virus and sickness. But let me also throw this out there too. Um, The emotional impact, the mental stability of this, quite frankly, we weren't made to be isolated. We were created for relationships. So some of you may be struggling, quite honestly, with not being able to reach out and touch the people you are connected to, whether that's at work, at home, at your church, at the gym. Um, so do what you need to do to have some sort of social connecting, even in a space of social distancing, so it doesn't drive you crazy. I know, I know, a little too heavy to start the show, but that's on my mind, and I want to make sure you guys are good uh, with where you are across all all desks, emotionally, physically, financially, etc. So with that said, thanks so much for hanging out with us on a regular basis, whether you are subscribed to our podcast or you are part of our social media family by following us at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, let's get down to business here. It is WrestleMania week. We are on the other side of a historic WrestleMania. According to WWE, it was the most social event in WWE history with nearly 14 million interactions. And I understand why. They did something smart in taking this over a two-day period. They did something super smart in giving us things that we would talk about in an era and in a time where we weren't really sure what an empty arena WrestleMania would look like. So if we're uncertain about an empty arena WrestleMania, perhaps we're even more uncertain about an empty arena Raw after WrestleMania. Let's face it, the reason why Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is the most unpredictable night in pro wrestling is because of the WrestleMania fans. Fans around the world are vociferous. We are focused. We are highly vocal. We want to make sure our point and presence is heard. I had an amazing opportunity to be a part of the Raw After WrestleMania crowd back in 2014 following WrestleMania 30. In fact, my wife, who was just my girlfriend at the time, uh, and I, we were front row uh, behind the announcers for what was a a historic night that particular night of course Cesaro was on the tail end of winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and he connected with Paul Heyman of course that was the night after the streak was broken it was the night after Daniel Bryan won the WWE Championship it was the night that Paige made her debut in WWE by winning the Divas Championship against AJ Lee it was also the night the last night of the ultimate warrior being live and in front of all of us as he would perish the next day due to a heart attack. So it was pretty epic to say the least. The fans, of course, we did what we do 
So what would an empty arena Raw after WrestleMania look like? Well, let me first shout kudos to WWE because, again, it is hard to do this empty arena situation uh, in a space where you are so dependent on the fans. So they looked for a couple of surprises, and we got some. The announcement of Bianca Belair now being the EST of WWE now she's a part of the Monday Night Raw roster, and of course, she was partnering with the Street Profits, as her husband is Montez Ford. A really good look, and I think a great future for WWE Raw's women's division. The women's division got another boost with the return of Nia Jax. Nia Jax came back last night after a year off from double knee surgery. She looked fantastic. Two new players in the WWE Raw Women's Division, and that's important. Coming off the heels of a big win for Becky Lynch, I don't think time is done between Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, and if you'll remember, Shayna Baszler has a history of not winning her first championship opportunities. Uh, such was the case with the NXT Women's Championship when she battled Ember Moon initially. It took her two or three tries before she became the Women's Champion. I have no doubt that she'll ultimately become the Women's Champion, but let me tell you what I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to some clashes between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. I think the promos are going to be amazing, and I think it'll be the absolute right time for Bianca Belair to become your Raw Women's Champion. I think that's going to go down. Um, I think I like the fact that WWE last night focused on actually bringing us a full wrestling show. Now, ever since the advent of COVID-19, which they traditionally will not mention on the air, they'll just say things like uncertain times, etc., etc. But since the advent of that, uh, we have not had a full show on Raw or SmackDown that did not involve um, an old match shown in its entirety, except for last night. They decided to go all the way with uh, great wrestling, of course, clips from WrestleMania and the like. And so I, I commend them for doing that. And we got some real jewels out of that. Apollo Crews being added to the Raw roster and having one of his best matches in WWE period against Aleister Black. It went like three segments. We really got a chance to see what he can do. Also, we got to see this new tag team of Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. They are as exciting as you can imagine, and we've always loved high-flying, exciting tag teams. So they're doing that, and I think it's super cool. The word on the street relative to Charlotte Flair as the new NXT Women's Champion is that she plans to defend across all three brands. And like it or lump it, as much as I love Rhea Ripley, what does it say for the NXT brand when arguably the greatest women's wrestler on the planet is your champion? Yeah, it's a big, big move. So I think NXT did right by that. I can't wait to see what happens now between Rhea and Charlotte and what other matches could potentially happen with the NXT Women's Championship being defended potentially on all three brands. Super good stuff. Now, let me tell you what I didn't like. The hyping of what happened after WrestleMania to Drew McIntyre. I fully expected an attack. I fully expected something of great significance. Instead, first of all, I have a hard time with understanding 
why Drew McIntyre, 20 minutes after WrestleMania, would come back to the ring for an interview. That doesn't make any sense. It's not consistent with anything. It just reminds us the challenge of things being taped in the way that it was. And I don't know why they just didn't make it a part of Raw, which would have made far more sense than to do this as a post-WrestleMania type of thing. But then to be challenged by the big show to now put the WWE Championship on the line and for him to beat the Big Show, why was that even a big deal? That wasn't shocking. That wasn't unprecedented. Now, let me just say this commentator, specifically Byron Saxton, if you're going to make certain statements, make sure they're accurate. So he said it's unprecedented for a WWE champion to defend their title just 20 minutes after winning it at a WrestleMania, have we scrubbed out the history of WrestleMania 9? A Yokozuna defeated Bret the Hitman Hart for the WWE Championship. And less than 20 minutes later, let's say five to six minutes later, Hulk Hogan makes his way down the aisle. Bret Hart gives him the okay to challenge Yokozuna. He challenges Yokozuna and wins the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. So it's not unprecedented, Byron Saxton or WWE. It's been done before. Hmm. So we got to correct history on that one. With that said, overall, I think Monday Night Raw was a success given the circumstances. I wonder what SmackDown is going to look like. Certainly after the Firefly Funhouse match, um, a new Universal Champion, new Tag Team Champions. Uh, there's certainly a lot to go off of uh, for SmackDown, which we'll find out this Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Before we go, it has been all kinds of fun seeing your comments and your thoughts about the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match. Some loved it, most loved it, some didn't. Well, I think it's interesting to hear what the nature boy Ric Flair had to say about it. Ric Flair was interviewed in a podcast just yesterday to share his thoughts about the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. And here's what he said. He said he texted The Undertaker and said, quote, you did it again. He said Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn create stuff better than Netflix, Amazon, or anything. He said between the Boneyard match and the Funhouse, it was incredible. He says if I'm dying as an adult loving this who's been watching this forever, can you imagine what a 12-year-old is thinking? They got to be thinking, wow, dad, this is is the coolest thing. He also went on to text Stephanie McMahon and tell her that only the McMahons could have done this. This was absolutely amazing. And so if Ric Flair, the uh, 18, 17, 16, depending upon how many championships you're counting, time world champion has fallen in love with those presentations, I think that says a lot about WWE's ability to take something that they did not plan for or we didn't plan for i should say and uh really make lemonade great lemonade i'd say chick-fil-a style lemonade out of the lemons that they've been given so now we ask ourselves what's next what's the future for bray wyatt what's the future for john cena or was that his go-home match was this the go-home match for the undertaker the boneyard match 
We'll still have to kind of watch to see. But one thing that seems to be certain is that the WWE is not stopping. As we saw, their next pay-per-view is planned for May, Money in the Bank, and someone asked if it'll actually happen. Let me help you with something. They pulled off WrestleMania. If they pulled off WrestleMania, any other ancillary pay-per-view is going to happen. They figured out they can do it at the Performance Center. They figured out how to do it. Now, will it be live? That's another question. But the truth is, WWE shows no sign of stopping. And neither does AEW. And let me just say this. It's probably for our good. I don't think we realized how much we needed WrestleMania and how much we've needed weekly pro wrestling until now. So I know some don't like it. I know we wish that there would have been greater precautions taken, but we need it. There are no other sports going on. Uh, most other entertainment is now reverting to old shows, repeats, etc. So I am grateful that some way AEW and WWE have found to continue to bring us pro wrestling with forward moving storylines, new new talent, etc., etc. So, how will AEW respond tomorrow night? We'll see as they kick off the TNT Championship tournament uh, with Sean Spears taking on Cody Rhodes. That goes down tomorrow night. NXT is going to bring their uh, attempt at takeover to USA tomorrow night with a six-woman ladder match to determine the number one contender for the newly won NXT Women's Championship. And, of course, the final match between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. So it looks like tomorrow is going to be a big night for wrestling. It'll be a big day because, of course, my good brothers will be back for our weekly roundup. And I want to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So reach out to us by way of social media at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast. You can check out all of our previous episodes. You can check out interviews that you may have missed and a whole lot more. Stick with us. We've got more content coming your way in a variety of forms. You never know how it's going to happen, but you can be sure of one thing. If it's me, if it's Courtney, if it's Clack, we are The Faction. I need my people. Here we go.